Hello everyone listening on the podcast, because this will only be on the podcast. We're still continuing with the legends of Brittany. <clears throat> However, we're now going into the fashion details back in back in the day of those kind of times. Not just um, the, the fashion that they would wear, but also their ceremonies and the different things that happened back in the day of Brittany. So, let's look at hats and hymen. In the vast stretch of the salt pans of Escoblanc, between Bats and the Croisic, where the entire population of the district is employed, the workers, or a paradis, affect a smock frock with pockets, linen breeches, gaiters, and shoes all white. And with this dazzling costume, they wear a huge, flapping black hat turned up on one side to form a horn, a horn-shaped peak. The peak is very important, as it indicates the state of the wearer. The young bachelor, adjusting it with great nicely over the part of the ear, the widower would have it just above the forehead, and a married man at the back of his head. On Sundays or gala days, however, this uniform is discarded in favour of a multicoloured and more distinctive attire, the breeches being of fine cloth, exceedingly full and pleated, and finished with ribbons at the knees. The gaiters and white shoes of every day giving place to white woolen stockings with clocks embroidered on them and shoes of light yellow, while the smock is supplanted by several waistcoats of varying lengths and shades, which are worn one above the other in different coloured tiers, finished at the neck with the turnover muslin collar. The holiday hat is the same, save for a roll of brightly and many tinted chanel. Several petticoats of pleated cloth, big bibs or plastrons called pieces of the same shade as their dresses and a shawl with a fringed border compose the costume of the women. The aprons of the girls are very plain and devout of pockets but the older women's are rich in texture and design, some of them being of silk and others even of costly brocade. The women's headdress is almost grotesque in its originality the hair being woven into two rolls, swathed round with tape and wound into a coronet above the head. Over this is a drawn tightly a kind of cap, which forms a peak behind and is crossed in front like an handkerchief. Should widowhood overtake a woman, she relinquishes this coif and shrouds her head and shoulders in a rough black triangular-shaped sheepskin mantle. The toilette of the bride is as magnificent as the widow's is depressing and dowdy. It consists of three different dresses. The first of white velvet with apron of moire antique, the second of purple velvet and the third of cloth of gold with embroidered sleeves with a piece of the same material. A wide sash embroidered with gold is used for looping up all these resplendent skirts in order to reveal the gold clocks which adorn the stockings. These, and all gala costumes, are carefully stored away at the village inn, and may be seen by the traveller sufficiently interested to pay a small fee for the privilege. Quaint headdresses. Though the dress 
of Granville woman does not attempt to equal or rival the magnificence just described. Nevertheless, it is a quaint and characteristic. They favour a long black or very dark coat, with bordering frills of the same material and shade. Their cap is short of bandeur, turning up sharply at the ears, and crested by a white handkerchief folded square and laid flat on top. In Ussant, the peasant women adopt an Italian style of costume, their headdress, from under which their hair falls loosely, being exactly in almost every detail like that which one associates with the women of Italy. The costume of the man from St. Paul is, like that of the Granville women, soberer than most others of Brittany, save for his buttons, the buckle on his hat, and the class of white metal fastening his leather shoes. His dress includes spencer, waistcoat, trousers and stockings, is of black, and his hair is worn, falling on his shoulders, while he rarely carries the pembain indication, perhaps, of his rather meditative, pious temperament. At Villecherie, the cap of the woman is bewilderingly varied, very peculiar. At first sight, it appears to consist of several large sheets of stiff white paper. In some cases, a sheet of the apparent paper spreading out at either side of the head and having another roll placed across it. In other cases, a rigid roof seems to rest upon the hair, a roof with the sides rolling upwards and fastened at the top with a frail thread, while a third type of headdress is of the skullcap order, from which is suspended two ties quite twenty inches long and eight inches wide, which are doubled back midway and fastened again to the top of the skullcap. The unmarried women who adopt this coif must wear the ties hanging over the shoulders. Originality in headdress, the male peasant, leaves almost entirely to the women. For nearly everywhere in Brittany, one meets with the long, wide-brimmed black hat, with a black band, the dullness of which is relieved by a white or blue metal buckle, as large as those usually found on belts. To this rule, the Plowsdale man is one of the exceptions, wearing a red cap with his trousers and coat of white flannel. At Muslik, some miles distance from La Roche-Bernard, the women supplant the white coif with a huge black cap resembling the cowl of a friar. While at pont le and along the bay of Audourine, the cap, or, <clears throat> as it was formerly known, the Bigoudin, is formed of two pieces. The first, a species of skull cap fitting closely over the head and ears, the second, a small circular piece of starched linen, shaped into a three-cornered peak, the centre point being embroidered and kept in position by a white tape tie, which fastens under the chin. Over the skull cap, the hair is dressed in chignon. The dress accompanying this singular coif and coiffure has a large yellow piece, which sleeves to match, which has sleeves to match. The men wear a number of short coats, or one above the other, the shortest and last being trimmed with a fringe, and occasionally ornamented with sentences embroidered in coloured wools round the border, describing the patriotic or 
personal sentiments of the wearer. The women of Mole are also partial to tight-fitting coifs. This consists of five broad folds, forming a base which a fan-like fall of stiffened calico spreads out from ear to ear, completely shading the nape of the neck and reaching down the back below the shoulders. Many of the women wear calico tippets, while the more elderly effect a sort of mob cap with turned-up edges, from which to the middle of the head are stretched two wide straps of calico, joined together at the ends with a pin. Most of the youths of Mollet wear the big, flapping hat, but very often a black cloth cap is also seen. This is ridiculous rather than picturesque, for so long it is that with almost every movement it tips over the wearer's nose. The tunic accompanying either hat or cap is a blue flannel, and over it is a worn is worn a um, black waistcoat. The porters of the market places wear a sort of smock. The young boys of Molay dress very like their elders, and nearly all of them wear the long loose cap, with the difference that a tasselled end dangles down their back to signify their young age, of course. On religious festivals, the gala dress is always donned with all vicinities of Brittany, and the costume informs the initiated at once in that capacity the Breton is present. For instance, the portuses, yes, or banner bearers of certain saints are dressed in white. Others may be more gorgeously or vividly attired in gowns of bright coloured silk trimmed with gold laces, scarves of silver thread, aprons of gold tissue or brocade, lace coifs, overcaps of gold or silver tissue, while some though in national gala dress, will have flags or crosses to distinguish them from the more commonplace worshipper. Very interesting attire indeed. Picture all that, put it together, <laughs> see it in your head, and you will see something that's more reminiscent of Wonderland, I guess. Reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, all the different types of hats and stuff, you know. Anyway, guys... Thank you for listening to this part of the Legends of Brittany. When we come back, we will look at religious festivals. Many blessings.